There are many wonderful people adding to the positive outlook of a backcountry and hunting lifestyle. Our goal is to join them in promoting that outlook. Welcome to the Backcountry Dreaming Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and tactics of our outdoor pursuits. Welcome to the Backcountry Dreaming Podcast. This is Chad and Joe. We are at Game Fair live and in person with yeah. uh, John Evanson. He's with the Southern Flyways Outfitters, uh, and he has an incredible product that I'm a huge believer in. And we, uh, I guess, we don't really, we haven't really been outspoken, I guess, on product per se. No, and unless we are firm believers in it. Yeah. Um, and so when when I found out that John was was coming back uh, to Minnesota to Game Fair, I was like, we got to see if we can get you on here. So, John, welcome to uh, the podcast. Yeah, and why don't we uh, why don't we take it away? Why don't you tell us your story? I'm from uh, North Carolina, so um, always look forward to getting up to a Game Fair every year because it's like fast forwarding two months into the future weather wise. <laughs> <Yo. laughs> uh, yeah, come from a hundred degrees down to like fifty five in the morning. Oh, yeah, it's, it's nice. beautiful. Yeah. 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 So, what's your kind of what's your outdoor story? Where did you like what all started? Were you like Born and raised into a hunting family, or was it something you kind of picked up? So later I on? was born and raised into a fishing family, oh, okay. specifically saltwater. Oh, um, that's so different. So my for dad us. was, my dad was a pier rat. Oh, so, nice. Um, yeah, Holly Ridge, North Carolina. He uh, basically got done with high school, moved into a trailer, and uh, actually slept on the pier eighteen straight days, <laughs> multiple consecutive times. So awesome. he'd sleep at what? the end of the pier in a sleeping bag and uh, wake up in the morning with the, the clicker on the reel going off with a king mackerel running. That's awesome. Uh, back wow. in the 70s. That's so, cool. Um, yeah, and then he was a big fan of the show Perry Mason. Okay. And uh, one of the guys on the pier was like, man, you should be a lawyer. And uh, from there went to college and went to law school and wow. actually became a, uh, a prosecutor. So he was really wow. into yeah, law enforcement side of huh. of uh, the law, and uh, but that kind of pulled him away from the pier. Mm-hmm. Definitely a, a big love of saltwater fishing. So I grew up going to the pier with him, and then eventually got a boat. And uh, you, so you grew up doing the pier fishing with him a lot, then, and yeah, it, yeah. So yes. after he went to school, he kind of got back to it a little bit, or yeah, pretty much. I mean, it it, it became less frequent, but yeah. it was enough to where I mean, our house was full of you know taxidermy and and yeah that was on the wall quick oh yeah 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 fish yeah. and this was skin mounts so oh, wow. so not molds so yeah. yeah a big skin mount of a tarpon over the fireplace oh and man cobia <laughs> and half a king mackerel that a shark ripped in half and all kinds of stuff so, <laughs> wow. yeah it's so different for us yeah <laughs> we have, we have northern, like a walleye but <laughs> northern chasing a perch <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and and that's yeah for whatever reason yeah salt well i know what reason saltwater fishing is awesome but yeah, yeah the south is definitely seems to be um saltwater fishing is a big deal so. yeah so, yeah, I didn't start duck hunting until later, actually, really a um, little bit after college, but really after that. Um, and, and really my attraction to it was, um, it was probably, man, imagining this perfect day where you'd go out and, and duck hunt and catch redfish, like, all in the same oh, yeah. day. Cast like blast, a cast baby. and blast type yeah. deal, yeah. Uh, which rarely happens, if ever. Yeah. But... Um, you know, you're, you're, you're hunting the same environment that you're fishing. And yep. so, you know, you kind of get familiar with the waters and then, um, you, you just, you, you love it out there. So yeah, that's um, awesome. that was my, my draw to duck hunting more than, than deer hunting. Yeah. You know, the, 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 uh, social aspect of getting yeah. in the boat and talking yeah. and hanging out and eating and uh, <laughs> yeah. those sort of things. Yeah. Being yeah. able to eat and cook and have warm coffee and Oh yeah, BS to your buddies. That's, yeah. I think that's a lot of people's attraction to duck hunting. I know that was mine. I know we've talked about it a million times. That's kind of. A, I think that's the best thing about it is just it, the fact that you're sitting around with a bunch of buddies. It really yep. is like it, the the periphery of of hunting of duck hunting 
is really some of the richest to me. Yeah. I mean, it's everything leading up to the shot that you take. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. And then that includes even the days that you don't take a shot, the, mm -hmm. like the being outside. There yeah. is something. Um, yeah. Yeah. The moment, if, if you miss that, yeah, you've really missed the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. And like I, I've said it a million times too, I think a sunrise over a marsh is pretty much impossible to beat. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, you get the cool colors, you get the reflection off the lake or the water. And well, I'm sure to a greater extent, what that sunrise looks like when you're on the coast yeah the eastern yes. coast yeah yeah that's <laughs> got to be unreal yeah. yeah i don't know if I've, I've observed it differently there but well i mean you have this kind of this moment i guess especially like where we're at like hunting layout boats yeah you know where it's kind of like you're you're really you're really almost below the the uh the top of the water and oh, so you have yeah. this kind of like you can't really tell where this where the the, you know the water ends and the sky begins wow this kind of just endless glass yeah and there, there's you know God, yeah it, it definitely awesome. looks different yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and the trees almost kind of dis disappear there's like almost a mirage and so it'll be totally flat and then you'll see like a tree sticking up but you can't see anything under it so it's kind of like oh, floating yeah. right so it, it does look a little different than like an inland yeah. lake hunt or so something like that i guess maybe i'm jumping a little bit but um hunting out there how far out on the water are you? Um, you can be, I mean, anywhere from, you know, two-tenths of a mile to several miles off. And it's know? still, like, maybe, you know, 50 feet or something like that? Um, or well, so specifically in North Carolina, I mean, Pamlico Sound is not that deep. Okay. Um, I mean, you, you could have some areas where you were hunting super deep water, but, um, yeah, I mean... A lot of the, the spots you end up hunting. Um, so the big thing in North Carolina, you can, which I know there's a couple spots in Minnesota you can do this, but you can hunt in open water yep. um, mm -hmm. off the bank. And the big thing there is uh, either layouts or scissor rigs, which doesn't, it's not a pop-up blind. Yep. So it's basically um, juniper, which is Atlantic white cedar. Mm -hmm. and, and you take it and uh, you get like a two by eight and you're, you're drilling a hole every 12 inches. And then you build a frame with, with two boards on the back that'll kind of scissor out, hence oh. the scissor part. So what happens is that rides on the gunnels of the boat. You, you have, for each hole, you, have, you, you cut a small pine tree, you whittle the end. Okay, so these are like little five-foot pines. <laughs> Labor of love there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, so like in our boat, like I was hunting an 18-foot Carolina skiff. I'd have the scissor that rides out. So you actually put your anchor on the end of the scissor rig and throw it in the water and then you cleat off the boat to the scissor so that that it, that juniper actually rests below the surface of the water ah. you put a pine tree in each of those and so you're almost like this floating garage and then your decoys <laughs> go around it Unreal. so you have a 360 degree shooting radius oh, gosh. when you shoot a bird you uncleat back the boat out go yeah. pick up the bird and then pull right back in take your pines up so 80 pine trees the scissor and several hundred decoys, Jeez. and you're you're loaded down, you know, in the middle, and it can get sketchy out there if the wind's blowing too yeah. much. <laughs> is that is yeah. that something that gets left up through season, or is that something you tow out, or how do you? you well, so you've got to re, really you've got to recut your pines every two and a half weeks or so because they start turning brown. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you'll you'll see, like, man, you, you'll cut the pines, and then you'll go home, and you're whittling because they've got to be whittled with a knife, otherwise they don't stay in right. Yeah. And, um, wow. so yeah, it's, it's like the prep work going into a hunt is, is, um, it's just a major event. Yeah. So that's where this, the decoy raft, you know, got invented pretty much out of that environment, knowing that, you know, what we've got to prep for. And then you save hours with that just yeah. in, in it, setup. So. so that, I guess is a good, uh, jump into, uh, why don't you tell us about, <laughs> about the decoy raft and maybe about, the you know. Obviously, with a, with as I said before, it's a labor of love with just building your blind out. And I guess in the Midwest and anywhere, cover is extremely important. And sometimes you may not have enough time to actually build up. So yeah. I guess what the the thought, the methodology on the decoy raft, and maybe take it away from yeah. its origins. Yeah. So. Um the, the initial uh, goal with the decoy raft was really to mimic the way birds raft up on open water. So um, especially where we're at, like I said, you're, you're hunting majority big water. 
And uh, when you go out, you're looking at bluebills and redheads drafted up in the middle, and uh, they'd, they'd clump in real tight, and that was pretty much where they want to go. And yep. um, You'd kind of see it occasionally. You'd have a couple long lines you'd run, and they get tangled on an end. And if you'll watch the birds, like they'll still run the line, but they're typically going where they're bunched in like that, even yep. on that little tiny tangle. Um, so um, one of the big things on the Atlantic coast, specifically in North Carolina, there's, there's one particular area of North Carolina where the water's about two foot deep and it's a sand bottom. And uh, the big thing there was shrimp net and, and decoys zip tied on the shrimp net. And they would stake them out and leave them all season. And this place is notorious for corn in the water and, you know, all sorts of um, just renegade shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but the raft, we were trying to get that raft look. Um, but the problem is where we're hunting, the water's 10 foot deep. You yeah. can't throw... You, you throw two anchors and start backing out, and if the current's wrong or the wind's wrong, you just end up with this oh, giant, gosh. just this cluster of yeah. decoys bumping into each other, and it, it just, you know, and then then you're wanting to kill everybody in the boat because it's first light, <laughs> guys are shooting, and you're not set up because you're fumbling with trying to yep. get your decoys this right. So um, <clears throat> the initial idea was like, man, there's got to be an easier way to get this formation with the birds where we don't have tangles. So I used to be a cop. Oh. Yeah. I got injured on duty, so I blew out my shoulder, and I had a shoulder surgery. And, um, of course, I couldn't go back to work. I was an investigator. Even though I had desk duty, we had a town manager that wouldn't sign off to let me come back. And so I'd go in the garage, and it just I had my surgery in August, and duck season starts shortly after. Oh, gosh. So I can't pick up a gun. I can't hunt. But I'm the guy in charge of getting the boat ready. Yeah. Okay, so the boat requires 80 pine trees and the scissor rig. How many? 80. 80 small pines. So And that's every two weeks? Every two and a half weeks or so, they start browning, right? So I'd go out, and I'm prepping, prepping. And I'm like, man, how are we going to get this spread? No, and yeah. I'm not going to shoot over it. I'm just going to bring a camera. So um, the video on our website, the About Us, like, I did that with our camera. Okay. You know, just... Yeah. Tinkering. That's why it's not as professional as Joel's videos. <laughs> um, so anyway, I I stumbled upon some material, and uh, my mom had a sewing machine. So I went to her. I'm like, "Can you try to sew this thing? I just want to, you know, kind of field test." I talked to Nathan, mm -hmm. um, who's the other half of Southern Flyway, and we're sure. like, "Man, how can we get this? Let's order some of this stuff off the internet. Let's try try to tinker." And um, we had some initial prototypes, which were just disasters, um, using Velcro and paracord. And uh, we thought we'd get really creative and do a green raft. I think it looked like hydrilla. And, man, it, it looked like ducks on a beach towel floating <laughs> on the water. They're just um, sunning themselves. Just, just terrible. And um, anyway, it took, I don't know, man, eight or nine months. And... Um, we kind of changed designs a couple times and uh, still ended more product. At one point during the middle, we thought it just couldn't be done. And, um, of course, we were spending our money trying to get it going. And uh, this was about the springtime. There was a cobia tournament, which is a, a saltwater fish where we're at. And they basically migrate, come in mass um, to, uh, to spawn in Pamlico Sound. And okay. We entered the tournament by fluke one weekend and uh, ended up winning the tournament. And oh, with geez. the money... Yeah, with the first place money, it was kind of like, it was kind of like a bucket list. Like I've never won a tournament, and then we come in and like, man, and then it was just the amount of money we needed to reorder more materials to kind of get going, and uh, we got we got the design dialed in with the clips and uh, stitching the paracord, and my mom was able to kind of go through and get enough down to where we at least knew what would function. Sure. And the initial thought was we'd be using four anchors still. But when we remove the other anchors and clip the one in the center, it lays flat. Um, so it's like a polypropylene. And uh, we backed away. And, man, and then it, from there it was just dialing in, like, putting um, connection points to where you can double clip a decoy. Yeah. To where from the air they never all are symmetrical. They, they, it breaks up, looks natural. And then adding handles and things like that that kind of came after. We're like, well, we need this. We need that. And then. That's like every kid's dream story. You start a company and your seed money, your essential seed money, is off winning a tournament yeah. where you're out playing on the water already. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. pretty awesome. 
everybody else is like, well, I had to collect bottles and cans for 17 years to get Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we went well, out I mean, a tournament. It, it, <laughs> and you, right? you had that, obviously, before because you went through a lot of stuff to get to that yeah. point. But the... Uh, the game changer was winning a fishing tournament. That's yes. Yeah, yeah. It really that? pushed it over because <laughs> yeah. we thought at that point it was kind of like, well, it can't be done. Yeah. And then that, that was really kind of like, um, yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was an amazing part of the story. We're like, wow, we have the money. Let's just keep investing it. That in. was your divine intervention of it, yes. this has got to happen it, now. Yes, it, <laughs> it definitely was. And actually the first check when the, at the tournament, we had to make it out to – southern flyway outfitters <laughs> and awesome. so we took a picture of the check with awesome. us in front of the, the you know it was like the very first and i remember nathan walks over he's like it's the first check man it's <laughs> <laughs> a monster check it, yeah yeah so you're like awesome that's great yeah man that's uh, so how on earth do you just give up on the I, i'm sure you probably haven't given up on the fishing circuit at all or did you have um to? no i i man i love fishing um it's it's funny i've got three kids and so my my time in the water is significantly decreased yeah. and each kid it seems like it gets progressively less but um no man i still love love saltwater fishing um i mean specifically just redfish and speckled trout inshore okay. fishing um it's uh I don't know, man, if I'm just, I get tired from travel and tired from kids, but it's so much less of an event and it's so peaceful. Oh, yeah. Um, just, yeah. I haven't done it in a while, but we used to go up to like St. Croix River and Mississippi and catfish from the banks. Yeah. And just literally shove a PVC in the dirt, shove your pole on there, turn on the clicker and sit back and sip on a beer and sit by the fire. Yeah. And it's like, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to the extent that you can enjoy the outdoors yeah. without it becoming this, like, cutting 80 pine trees to yeah, go. Yeah, it's, right. not a, it's not <laughs> Like, don't get me wrong. Like, that that feels amazing. Like, when you get in the water and you're like, it's that feeling of accomplishment that, like, look at look at this. Like, yeah. look at all this prep work that went into it. Yeah. And, again, like, the bird the bird is really the bonus. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's everything leading up to it. Um, yeah. That, that really is the reward. Yeah. Southern Flyway Outfitters, you guys started how long ago? Uh, this is four, uh, four years. Four in years retail. Now. Yeah, okay. but it was really, like, we had probably a whole year of of manufacturing patent application or you know patent pending um, before we got that status. Like there was a year of legwork that went in, so we're really, really kind of on like like I've been working on it five years, but it's four years on the market, yeah. kind of. So, so maybe as an uh, someone who may be um, trying to aspire in the outdoors industry and maybe having their own company someday or something innovative and we'll we'll hopefully touch on that too what separates the decoy raft from the the competition or in just in general the industry how as a as a company have like it, it's super competitive in the waterfall industry yeah. and it's very <clears throat> small and tight-knit as you're probably yeah. well aware and i'm becoming more aware of that so how do you get your foot in the door um, and continue to maintain relevancy uh, in such a small sector. Well, I mean, there's like there's a couple different layers to look at sure. it. I mean, one one, I mean, nothing as far as like practical advice for a company that 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 wants to get in the industry. There's really no substitute for like for getting out, doing shows, and meeting people. Yeah. Like that. That's kind of like the part that feels like. You may not feel like you're doing much, but you really are. Like yeah. that—that's really like where the rubber meets the road. Um, so th there's there's a lot of people I see that that just don't want to go to a show because, I mean, shows can get old. They they can be laborious. They can be, you know, exhausting. But that's really like when you start meeting people. Um, that's kind of again that 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 kind of drives things. And I would say, man, for us. Um, like maybe the tendency with most business um, in our particular uh, cultural context is to like inject a ton of adrenaline into it from like, you know, we've got a market, we've got to, you know, we got to meet these people, we got to shake hands and kiss babies and just, just get it moving, <laughs> you know. And that's never like, uh, I'm, um, I'm not a businessman by nature. I'm, I'm one by default, 
because I have a product I'm selling. But yeah. that's never been really like our model at all. Um, like right from the beginning, um, we ended up at Game Fair. A guy sent an email. Um, it was like, hey, why don't you come? This looks like an awesome product. Come up and hang out at my booth. And like, well, yeah, I can do that. I'm just going to leave and go and do it. Sure. And then from there, it's never stopped. Um, every year, it's been just shows and, and meeting people. And I would say by year four, like the people that are buying our product, um, I, I don't. I hope I'm not putting words in their mouth. I don't think I am, but they love it and, and they mm-hmm. see the need for it. But then like when I have a face-to-face interaction with them, whether it's on, even on the phone, email, or here, um, they realize that I don't just want their money. Like I really want them to put the decoy raft in. Like I, I literally pray that they will see birds just absolutely pour onto it. Yeah. And whether they kill them or not, they will know that there is more to life than business and there's more to life than killing ducks. Like, I really want them to... um, G.K. Chesterton has a line about, we're only seeing the backside of a tree. Mm. Like, we can't see the other side of the tree. And so I I want to raft... I want them to be able to get a glimpse of the other side of the tree, that, yeah. that, that there's a glorious creator behind this beautiful creation. Yeah. And, and I want you to see it. And I hope that by putting the decoy raft in your spread, it will be the focal point of the spread. Yeah. You, you, it will create the X and you will see birds, but I mean, enjoy it. And so like to the point that I can, I can, I can befriend and, and, and know people really, that's kind of been the goal. And, um, you know, so year four, there's a lot of companies that I see that, like, man, they may hit a home run for two years, and then they kind of trickle off. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm really I'm really happy to just keep going the way we're going and keep sure. snowballing. And, and, you know, I want the best – I want them to have the best product that can possibly be had um, to do that purpose. You yeah. Know, so. One thing I thought of too, like as you started that, and you're talking about the guys that are out there, just you know, we got to market, we got to go like crazy. I think a lot of that's those are the guys that are like we talked about before too, with the competition um, around the waterfall industry or the hunting industry in general. I mean, there's 80 companies and they all do the same thing kind of deal. Yeah. But the thing with yours that I really like is yours is different. It's innovative, and I think that's what makes you guys stand out. But one thing too on that is. I feel like in the hunting industry, and I hate to say this because it's going to sound terrible to a lot of companies, the ones that are guilty of it, (laughs) in the hunting industry, there is way too much imitation. Yeah. And there's not enough original, innovative ideas. Yep. And so I feel like something like this, like, yeah, you guys went through the patent and everything like that, but eventually you're going to see other companies coming out with something similar or something. Like we're seeing now pretty much the exact dang thing with cheaper materials, cheaper this, cheaper that, where they're going to start selling it for cheaper, and hopefully that's their selling point. Mm-hmm. But those are also the companies that peter out after a while, and they don't really stick around. But I feel like with that, I think what you guys did here was so innovative that it'll it'll keep you guys going. And like you said, you don't need to go crazy. You just want to sell enough. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's a great thing. But then what about it getting to a point where it gets super say somebody else does start imitating and it starts to slow down, is there other things in the future that you're working on now? And um, you don't have to talk about them, but I mean, yeah, you yeah, guys we, look we, we do have, I would say, the the products that we have planned for the future center around accessories for oh, yeah. the raft. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the initial, um, I mean, like, so Southern Flyway Outfitters, like, like year one, we were kind of thinking, you know, we'd have this, this, you know, just kind of a barrage of products under yeah. that name. Yeah. And as we've kept going, we've realized really like decoy raft is the product. Yeah. Like yeah. it is, um, it's, it's what people want. It's what they see. And mm-hmm. it's really, it is the only thing that does this. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've actually had, um, again, like when I talk about like the small dedicated following of people that have the raft, like they're the ones that are sending us directly, like they'll send me an Instagram message like, hey, did you see that? You know, somebody's ripping off your hustle. And, (laughs) And then like I'll go on and it's like a customer that I haven't met ever. Yeah. 
who is like going to bat for me against this counter product. That's awesome. And so even though I see like the guy ripping off my product, like I'm almost like, you know, like that's a big deal that like this guy, yeah. he, he feels um, invested enough to where he's like, this is not cool what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like the more I see that, like that's the encouraging part. But yeah, I mean, I won't lie, man. Like the first couple of years, like when you'd see somebody coming on trying to like, oh, you know, oh, I can make that for $20 and like. Go for it. Go, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> there is kind of this go for it. And I'm like, you, but you don't understand, like, each of these things is 15,000 stitches. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I can walk you through the construction of it, mm-hmm. um, and not to mention the longevity of it. I mean, yeah. there's people that bought our, um, like, we were doing pre-orders at first. There's yeah. people that bought the pre-order, and that's, that was a really good product. It's not as good as year four. Like, yeah. I've taken some kinks out, and I've, I've you know, increased some, some – uh, some steel parts and things like that, yeah. but they're still hunting those. And these are guides that hunt them every day of the I was year. Say, and and so, even if they aren't guides that are hunting them every day of the year, yeah. you hunt them 10 times in a year. That's something laying in the water for 10 times. And these are duck yeah. hunters we're yeah. talking about. And duck hunters, let's face it, don't take care of their crap. Chad's probably the, takes care of his oh, crap. Oh gosh, I am <laughs> super <laughs> anal. <laughs> it's so bad. But most guys are going to take something like this. They're going to roll it up when they're done with it. They're going to throw it in their boat, and it's going to sit in their boat over the winter. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's going to freeze, and it's going to thaw, yeah. and it's going to be in the UV. It's going to be yeah. getting be- beaten. And to have them last that long is pretty phenomenal, yeah. too. And, yeah, th- yeah, there is there is no planned obsolescence with the decoy wrap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm getting that with, like, my phone and my tech. You know, like, yeah. like they freaking made this thing break after two years. Years. Yep. Like that that thing, it man, it's solid. Yeah. I mean, I, I have awesome. prototypes that I'm running that are just I well, mean, you they guys were made by them, my mom. You guys are running them <laughs> in salt water too. Yeah, salt. That's yeah. that says a lot too. Yeah. So yeah, well, that's really cool. I've got so I have a, a couple of buddies that are I'm gonna make it myself. I was like, you know what? I thought about it when I first saw your video um that I think I saw it on Facebook and that's when I was like I'm always about, <clears throat> if I see a product, because there's always a product that comes out that's new and innovative, um, but what I've found is more often than not, after about two or three seasons, it goes to garbage. Yep. Um, and I did my research. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to first buy his raft, and then I'm going to see how it's built, and I'm going to try and build it myself. And I'm like, when I looked at it, the, for the first time, I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to make this because first off that's seamed all the way around the entire yeah, border <laughs> there's, there's stitching around this entire thing so I could maybe go to Harbor Freight and try and make this for a hundred bucks yeah. there's no way I'm going to be able to do that I'm going to be spending so many hours trying yeah. to build this thing and it's going to fray on you in and two it's, months yeah exactly yeah. and the the engineering that went involved with it and trying to work out the kinks as you said mm-hmm. um, where you know, year one is very different than year four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's what, it's like some of us need to just take a step back and say, this thing is, it's built. And it, mine, pff, I feel like they're bomb proof. I've gone through, uh, you know, hunting in, in the Mississippi River when it's negative five out and stuff like that. And you pull it out and boom, it turns to ice as soon as you pull it out of the water. All you got to do is shake it off, and it's good to go. Yeah, it's not yeah. breaking from being brittle. Yeah, it's or not fraying like at all. Um, which and you would think from from mesh that oh, it, it might, but yeah, it hasn't yet. Yeah. Did, did we give? I don't think we gave like a quick elevator pitch of exactly what the decoy. Oh, we is. haven't yet. We should Sorry. probably do that. Why don't you go ahead? And just yeah. Because we're talking about it as if everybody knows about yeah. it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I I kind of realized that right at the beginning. I'm like, well, I hope they. <laughs> they know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, well, this, to describe what it is, um, it's it's a polypropylene mesh, um, and basically uh, it comes with a, it's kind of like a standard long line clip, but a smaller version, so you clip your decoys on, and uh, it only needs one anchor to function, um, but you can clip multiple rafts together using carabiners, still using the same one anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it does is holds the decoys just in, in place of, uh, it, it mimics the way birds raft up. And um, so uh, the large raft has 80 connections, uh, connection points. The smaller one has 40. 
and um, I basically tell guys, do what you're seeing when you're scouting. You know, yeah. I mean, if, if, if you're seeing 15 ringers coming in rafted, put 15 on it. Don't, yeah. don't overdo it. And, um, yeah, you, you, can, you can do exactly what you're seeing. And then you, you can I mean, drop down the number of anchors on your spread, which is yeah. a big deal. You know, when you, you set up at 3 o'clock in the morning and the birds are flying the line 50 yards off, yeah. you don't have that debate. Do I pick up and move? Do, uh, how many hours is it going to take me to get over there? Yep. Yeah. Grab the anchor, bump the boating gear, you know, drag it over, yeah. and uh, you're good to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know when I pictured it, I pictured, you know, clipping ducks directly to decoys, not ducks, <laughs> directly to the mat. But then watching the video here when we were in here, watching the dogs swim out mm-hmm. over the mat was kind of cool. So it's almost like a, if people want to try to picture it, it's almost kind of like you're running a long line when you got, you got your clips ran in and you can, you can make them as long as you want, really, mm-hmm. and sink the raft down a little lower. But obviously you don't want to make them too long because otherwise you're going to be bumping ducks together. But um, they sit up above the raft. So the raft isn't sitting just below the surface. It's actually sitting down. The way you got it set right now, it's got to be, what, four or five inches Yeah, I think it's, it, you know, you get some sag in the water to where I think it's usually about six to eight inches okay. below. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can run it with a lead on it, but I don't. I don't recommend it just yeah. because you're going to get, especially like when you, it trifolds, so it's got oh, three, yeah. three handles, and so you mm-hmm. might get some flop off, which, yep. I mean, again, that's going to be a lot easier than winding up yeah. singles. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the dog can literally walk on it. Yeah. It's got so much flotation from decoys. Yeah. So Talking about, I guess, the innovation of it all, um, and maybe we can touch on what has really separated the decoy raft. Because when I first looked at it, I was like, okay, this is super strange and Mm -hmm. i always got looks that first season by my buddies who are like okay what's fix doing this time what has he got up his sleeve (laughs) and what is he putting out there and then they see what what it's it's all about and so in the field um i can i usually put out about 18 i clip about 18 decoys on it uh 18 decoys to me if i i originally had them individually rigged would take me about five minutes to pack up. With this, it took 30 seconds. Yeah. Right, right. And then if, if I'm doing divers, uh, hunting out of a boat uh, where you can't actually walk around, that can be quite a pain in the butt because you're probably running long lines, but some people actually do individual lines yeah. for each of them. And when you're putting out 10 dozen of them, yeah, that can be two hours of just picking up, and who wants to do that right. every single day? Yeah. Um, so on that aspect, why don't you tell us about really what the decoy raft has done to set itself apart from the rest of the industry? The decoy raft is a new tool. Yeah. So th- there is a bit of a, a learning curve as to how how can I use this tool? Um, and and I would say the one thing is like you end up kind of rethinking your spread around the decoy raft. So. Um, and that, that kind of manifests itself in a couple different ways. One, you, can, you really can lay out your spread in the driveway before you start and kind of yeah. figure out where do I want this and then I'm going to build around it. So whether that means setting one raft and throwing a couple of singles to kind of you know, break it up mm-hmm. or that means I'm in a big water scenario where I'm going to run long lines. Um, what I've found personally, and I realize this is not an across-the-board blanket statement, but um, so... I'll typically keep uh, one long line in the boat and, and maybe 12 birds on that long line. Um, the rest of the boat is rafts. I get it. I'm spoiled. I have a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> but so I will I'll lay the spread out with rafts in the driveway. Um, and, and this can be a number of different spreads. Like I'll do one where it's like a big triangle mm-hmm. with a long line running off the back. So as they kind of like J-hook the long line, they're, they're just looking at decoys just everywhere yep. trying to land in it. Um, but a lot of times when I get out, I've got the boat packed, you know, I know where the rafts are. I know what's on the rafts. I'll set those. If the, if the, the lake or the area that you're hunting is slick, a lot of times I'll just hunt rafts, no long line. Talk a little bit more about just the quality build for, um, for a moment. Cause I've used mine for, this will be, it'll be going on its third year and I haven't lost, I don't think a single stitch on on mine at all yeah um so i guess maybe touch base a little bit about that and what yeah that is because um i'll i'll just talk a little bit as well on the fact that again i usually will buy the latest and greatest newfangled thing and it usually craps out after two seasons 
And I haven't even lost a single stitch on any of these. Yeah, and I'll, it, I'll vouch for Chad on this. I, I have heard nothing but great things about this from him. <laughs> I, don't think, I think anybody that's ever talked to Chad in person about anything duck hunting has heard about it too. So it, it comes up, and it's, I mean, yeah, it's definitely not. When you, when you look at it and when you have it in your hand, you're like, well, this thing feels flimsy and frail, but it's not. It's yeah. super rugged. Um, so yeah, yeah, go yeah ahead. Sorry. Nathan and I have, have said yeah, it's kind of like a bend but not break philosophy. Or yeah, <laughs> football. Um, yeah, so well, each of them is uh, I think what I mentioned is fifteen thousand stitches. Um, yeah. So uh, they're all backstitched. So every single connection point on it, it's got 80, 80 connection points on the big one, forty on the small. Um, even when we hit the connection, like where, where we hit the breaks in there, we would have them backstitched another inch. So basically, the thought was is that like you're going to be slow, like we're slow trolling it from a boat in Pamlico yeah. Sound in Chop. Mm. So we wanted it strong enough to where we know it can handle that. Um, not to mention, you know, all the clips are stainless steel. The grommets are nickel plated brass. Um, so it had to be ready for salt. Um, all the little patches on there are also, um, so you don't have, uh, you, you obviously have a friction point there when you clip a decoy on, so yep. it's to prevent it from rubbing. Um, so again, like I was saying, th there's no, no planned obsolescence. Like it was made to, to basically be battered and tore up. Um, yeah, and I've, I've still, still hunting my prototypes, which were not made with the same quality that the, our manufactured ones are. Wow, um, nice. The, the other thing about it is we beefed up um, the supports two seasons ago. So those are Schedule 80 PVC. Regular PVC is Schedule 40. Um, so they're, they're double the thickness there. And we never had any problems with the originals. Yeah. Um, it's just that when you would run heavy foam, like if you're running like, you know, a lake effect decoy or something oh, that's yeah. really, really heavy. Um, we just want it, didn't want, like when you pick it up, we didn't want it to even look like it was flexing. Like right. we, we wanted it to be stiff enough to where you could crack somebody over the top of head <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> knock them out. So, um, yeah, I mean, the other, the other point we did was, um, putting the, the handle in the middle that's like got a wood, wooden rubber piece. Um, and that was just to prevent when you, when you would pick up in your glove, it wouldn't, it wouldn't pinch your hand as much cause you had something to flatten out. Right. So, um, there's been a lot of little things that we've added just to kind of kind of tweak to make it the absolute best quality product. And it really wasn't because it had a problem before. It was just mm -hmm. like, let's, let's just over-engineer it. Yeah. 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 And I think, that's a, I think that's an important thing. I mean, that people have to realize that sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes, why not? Because yeah. you may take better care of it than, well, I know Chad would take better care of it than me. Like, if I had one of these things, it'd be getting thrown out in and out of trucks and right. out of boats pretty rough. And I'm looking at it, I have no doubt that it would hold up yeah. just fine. So it's Well, I mean, and the thing is, I guess, like, I own the fact, like, it's, it's a tool to be used in the field. Yeah. It's not... Um, I want to make it as sexy as possible, yeah. but understand it's also going to go through just an absolute yeah. beating. Yeah. Um, well, just to say that you're slow trolling it behind the boat, yeah. um, that alone says a lot about the stitching. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't imagine grabbing like a decoy bag, strapping it by the shoulder straps and towing it behind my boat. And yeah. I can't, I don't think it would last very long. Well, and even river hunting too, because I'll, I'll do it on the Mississippi and I'll put it, it one of these out or actually both of mine out. Um, and yeah, you need a, a monster anchor yeah. to keep it going from going downstream. Mm -hmm. But there's no way that thing is bending mm -hmm. by yeah. any means. And when you pull it up and yeah, you get some when you pull it up out of the water and when you're putting it in your boat, it it will turn a little bit to ice, but all you gotta do is just shake it off and yeah. it's it's good to go. Yeah. It flexes right back, the, which is in the crazy. river the river hunting with this um, this is something I just thought of. Do you ever have issues with catching stuff like floating debris and stuff like that in the mat or anything like that? Or when we have had stuff hit it, it kind of bounces off. Oh, I mean, you've good. got such a big surface footprint, yeah. and you've got this bar. Um, I will say, it's it's cool. Actually, Minnesota's probably been um, critical in feedback on like ice flows and things oh, yeah. Yeah. because that's something. It, Amazingly enough, two winters ago, we had the coldest winter, I think, on record in North Carolina. Like, it was 
like 50 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to the punch on that one. Um, but no, like it, it got down to, and I know you're going to think this is hysterical. It got down to like under 10 degrees for a couple days. Oh, wow. And people in North Carolina were like, I mean, dying. Oh, I, <laughs> I mean, literally, like, people had heart attacks yeah. and, like, what? bread stole out of the store. Yeah, there was no milk. Like, <laughs> oh it was gosh. insane. And, yeah, so stuff was freezing. And um, it was actually Nathan went hunting. And uh, we had ice flows that came down the Pungo River. Oh, and wow. we had, like, some singles thrown around it. And the singles ended up getting caught in the flow. The raft did not, like, because you just pull up beside it and jerk it uh, out. We'd let it pass and then drop it in. Yep. So oh, nice. it became shooting birds just over a well, one-acre, you know, couple rafts. All right, so we talked about rivers. Um, obviously, incredible on the coast. Um, talk about the versatility of it as well. well I guess both of them, because you have two products. You have the, the standard original decoy raft, and then you have the X2. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so the thought with the X2, believe it or not, um, it was uh, one of our buddies who's a guide in North Carolina. He's, he's run, it's B&B Waterfowl. I'll go mm -hmm. ahead and mention that, and they can check it out online. But he's, um, he's hunting layout boats. And basically his setup with layouts, he's, he's running core sound layout boats. So he'd um, set up the boat, and these are two-man boats. And then he'd put basically a raft off each corner and then uh, one long line up the middle. And the birds typically run, and then th they would lock in on a raft, you know, and that's when you pop them and, and shoot oh, them. Okay. Um, but this was before we had the X2. We'd have the big ones. And he's running, you know, in North Carolina, when, you, when you'd go out, uh, the common scoters would get in, you know, groups of 12 or so. But then the surfs would come in. You'd get, like, you know, six bulls at a time just mm -hmm. sitting on a shoal. And so, again, the beauty of the raft is you can mimic exactly what you're seeing. Right. So he didn't need all the space that you get on the one. It was like, man, I just need one half the size that I can drop in and out, one anchor. And um, so he prototyped it the one year. So it was actually a sea duck guy that wanted a half-size raft. <laughs> um I mean, interestingly enough, a lot of the mallard, you know, just puddle duck guys are like, yeah, I just need the X2. You obviously made that for puddlers. And like, yep. well, we did, but like, it worked great on open water too. I yeah. mean, a little raft of buffleheads on an X2 and they, it just sucks them right in. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's versatile. I mean, sea ducks, like guys in the Northeast that are hunting off the beach. Um, it's, I mean, eiders, um, old squaw. Scoters, I mean, they're running rafts and they can get the spread in and out. You know, these are guys hunting duck water boats and, you know, big water boats. Um, and then, uh, like North Dakota, hunting potholes. Um, one of the guys we were with, Chad Stone, a couple uh, years ago, we we're supposed to head out uh, again this October and hunt with him. But he was saying, man, one time they, they hiked into a pothole, he put his clients on birds, and all the birds are short stopping. Mm. And he didn't bring the raft because he didn't want to put it over his shoulder and walk it in. And when all the birds started shortstopping, he walked back to the truck, came back, set the raft, and all the birds would dump right in on top of the raft. <laughs> so it kept them all from shortstopping the spread. He said they limited out. He texted me from the field. He's like, dude, I didn't bring it because I didn't want to carry the weight. And once I put it in, they limited out. And we sat there and struck out for, you know, a long time because the birds just wouldn't pull in. See, and that's so, what I was, I was saying too earlier is... <clears throat> I feel like the the X2 for for like kayak hunters and mm -hmm. canoe hunters. I mean, even a canoe, guys like Jeff that are going out by themselves in a canoe, yeah. you could throw that thing in the front of a canoe and yeah. jump in the back yep. and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, we had guys in uh, in New Jersey, so the Barnegat Bay is like a, a, a infamous place on the East Coast. Um, they've got the, a Barnegat Bay sneak boat, which is this just amazing. Like if you're into old boats um, – they're really like a one to two man boat and you, you kind of, you pull it up into the grass, you turn around, you shoot off the back of the boat. Okay. Um, and I've had guys, these guys are probably in their seventies and they'll come by X twos. They're putting black ducks on them, shooting them in the marsh. And it was just the, the one handle deal. They could get the, you know, just a little tiny cluster of black ducks out yeah. and, uh, you know, they they bungee it up on the front of the boat, and then that's the spread. So there's yeah. no picking up, winding. See, that's, so. Yeah, if you're like the kayak hunting thing, like I've got some spots that <clears throat> I'll hunt with my kayak that it's all floating cattail, <clears throat> just little islands. 
everywhere. And having the little X2 would be nice for that because it's so deep there. And some of those islands sometimes are so sketchy you don't even want to step onto them because there's mm -hmm. so many holes through them. So you're just going to sit in the kayak the whole time. It'd be nice to have something like that you could just hook up to when you're done, pick up the anchor, and paddle and you're out, done. drag it out, yeah. and you're done. Yeah. And then roll it up when you get to the dock and you're ready to go again. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like that's a that's a super good idea, especially for guys like us that are hunting the little potholes and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. And I've even, last year, so I've got a spot where uh, one side of the slough is timber. And if it floods, because it's backwaters from the Minnesota River, if it's if it's floods, that's flooded timber instantly. And then there's other aspects where it's just wide open. But I just, I put a elastic band on one side and just use it as a jerk cord. Oh, yeah. And normally, jerk cords you put, you're supposed to put them on the, the edges of your spread. But I just put that thing right in the, the kill hole and yeah. that's it. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, that thing makes a wake when you pull that thing <laughs> versus, you know, ones and twosies, which the other aspect with the jerk rig is your dog could get hung up in that thing yeah. again. My my dog is terrified of anything new, and she's got to go through it a few times before she's even okay with it. She went through through it once, and she had no problem. Yeah, it's it was awesome. just like yeah. walking right on top of it. And when you have it in your kill hole, that's I think the big concern with a lot of guys that have dogs um, or ladies, sorry, that have dogs that you want to make sure that okay, if if you're building as you said, John, around the the decoy rafts your dog is going to be going through them yes yes or around them um so you want to make sure that's that's another part of is yeah. safety more than anything yeah. and yeah. i think safety we we think about it with our dogs but we also need to think about it for ourselves too but um that's a totally different subject <laughs> um but and so just that peace of mind knowing that Okay, my dog is is gonna be fine going right through the top of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the benefit also is it it only sits five six inches below the water line, so the dog won't really get tangled up in any anything and won't be dragging any decoys back with it. Right. Which is the other thing too is hunting um, sometimes rice uh, sloughs where it gets super just clumpy. Yeah. Um, and if a dog gets one decoy behind it they could be dragging an entire just yeah. mess behind them yeah and that can that can wear out a dog yeah pretty quickly yeah. sure so sure the more and more i look at it like i said i'm sold on it i want the I want to get the x2 i think it'd be so sweet for kayak hunting and again i'll have the dog with me when i'm kayak hunting not this year but next year and um yeah it'd be perfect for that so yeah and and versatility is something man Again, like this is uh, year four retail, so I love it. Whenever we go to a show, man, I always ask people, like, please come by. Yeah. And and give me feedback, positive or negative. Yeah. Because I'm learning from you about where you're hunting, and yeah. a lot of this stuff, man, you pick up to, like, yeah. you know. And, and duck hunting is one of those things, man. N not all duck hunters are created equal, so to no. speak. I mean, you, you get some guys that are super sharp. Yeah. They're super detailed. And... When they give me feedback, I learn stuff. Not not really about the raft, yeah. but like their environment and yeah. the way they look at it. And like, hey man, let's, you know, we need to. You yeah, know. that was that was somewhere I was going to kind of take it from here, is or uh, take us in a different direction for a minute. Is we didn't really talk about like, <clears throat> so for you, you guys are hunting a lot of salt water and stuff like that. But like, what are the species that you're mostly seeing there? Because that's a, that's one of my favorite parts yeah. about duck hunting. It's you go from flyway to flyway, and everybody's yeah. shooting a completely different birds. So yeah, so, cool. uh, I mean, most of North Carolina, you're getting divers. So a lot of bluebills, a lot of redheads, oh, nice. buffleheads. Um, See, I would have never known that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. If it's big water. Um, sea ducks, I mean, you're getting common, scoter, yep. surf scoters, some white wings. Um, I mean, widgeon, teal pintail black duck um i mean you you can shoot mallards but they're not in the numbers like they are yeah. here in the midwest yeah. and or, i mean really like going back to what we said at the beginning like it's it's the stuff around the hunt that that really is that makes the hunt rich yeah um yeah. north carolina is not it, it traditionally has or at least eastern north carolina has maybe some reputation of being like um a good duck hunting place yeah um it's not anywhere close to the Midwest. Oh, okay. it's, it's nowhere close. I mean, it's just, 
when you come here, um, and again, a lot of guys just if you, if you don't hunt anywhere else, you don't really know how good you have it or how yeah, bad you have it. I was it. gonna say, and in my case, it was like, wow, North Carolina is just <laughs> is insane. I mean, yeah. you got guys like slashing tires to shoot buffalo heads. Like, it's just like <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous, man. It is just um, it's cutthroat. See, and we do think we have it bad here. Yeah, so that's good yeah. to know. I mean, I think that's something that it's like with anything. You, yeah. you know, you might take for granted your saltwater fishing opportunities. Yeah. And even guys here, they did, a lot of guys that we've talked about in other episodes, and we did, actually did a podcast with a guy from up there, guys around here don't even realize, like, Lake Superior is a phenomenal place to go fishing. Yeah. It's super fun. And people will never do it because they they don't even think about it. Yeah. Um, so it, it is some, it's interesting to hear that, that, that the Midwest is that good for waterfowl hunting. Because I'm always looking at other places like, oh, it'd be cool to go over here. Yeah. Well, I had a guy, man, like, this was uh, a show a year ago. He was from uh, uh, Pacific Northwest, and um, he came up. He's like, you know, where are you guys from? Like, North Carolina. Oh, man, we we just wish we were there. We just, you know, we feel like we need to be there. And I'm like, really? <laughs> For duck hunting? And uh, he's like, yeah. He's like, well, uh, I'm like, well, how, how was the season? You know, it was okay. You know, I'm like, well, how many times you go? I don't know. Uh, each time, I'm like, well, are you killing? He's like, yeah, well, I shoot a limit every time. <laughs> oh, my god! And I'm like, okay. And how many times do you go? Yeah, I don't know. You know, 20, 30? <laughs> I'm like, oh, geez, dude. You don't want to be in North Carolina yeah. if you're shooting that many birds there. And he's like, I, I think it's just, again, you don't realize till you get out, like, yeah. how, how, how different things are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really, some, I mean, sometimes you kind of need to... Um, you need to to travel the world so you can discover home again, right? Well, yeah, so you, you and I feel like that's something we've kind of talked about too before on here is the the traditions of hunting are different from region to region. Yeah, and I think that, I think with waterfowling, I think waterfowling and anything that has to do with bird dogs, I always get the idea that there's romance involved. Whereas mm-hmm. whitetail hunting and turkey hunting, like turkey hunting, there's a little bit. Whitetail hunting, there isn't much romance involved. Yeah. But when it comes to like birds and dogs and stuff like upland, but more than anything, I think feel like waterfowling. Yes. Waterfowling, like you, the romance involved in waterfowling is so unique. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why traveling to different areas and waterfowling hunting is probably so popular. Yes. Because you get to experience yeah. the different ways that everybody does everything. Like the Chesapeake Bay thing is something yes. that everybody yeah. should do some yep. point in their life. Sea yeah. duck hunting is something everybody should do. When you kind of see it, yeah, you're part of that story too. Yeah. Even though you're in Minnesota, you're the Chesapeake Bay, you have some sort of um, – your, your spiritual heir to something there yeah. in the waterfowling community. Yeah. So, so you do, you, there's a different cultural um, footprint yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And so, and you get that, yeah. you get that, like the flooded timber thing. People yep. think of flooded timber, they think of down south, and they think of just like mallards just tornadoing in from yep. heavens, yep. you know. And like, there's just a lot of cool things out there with waterfall. And I think there's, it's such a div- diverse sport as far as like, what you're going to see from day to day, yeah. from region to region, yeah, which is really neat. So. It's, I love meeting people. I mean, shoot, man, like Chad, I met you mm-hmm. through duck hunting. Yeah, but like reading your blog and site, and and yeah, I mean, it just takes like it just a, uh, there. There's a um, there's an artistic approach there that is um, refreshing. Yeah, you yeah. know, because it, it seems like. Um, there needs to be people involved in hunting that are are bringing that aspect back into it. It's deeper than just like a t-shirt and yeah, and that sort of thing. That and I kind of wanted to touch on that too. And I don't mean to put you on the spot, but we're we're always kind of harping on the for the gram type of posts <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, but you're, I mean, you travel all over the place. Are you able to, to actually get out and hunt uh, when you do? And if you do, have you had any moments where you're like, oh, this, this would make my life way easier out hunting back home or something like that? Um, yeah, so to, to, to the first part, yeah, this job, um, it's awesome. Like, I'm so busy with it during the fall. Like, my, my hunting uh, quantity has gone down, but my quality has gone up. Yeah. Um, so, which is actually kind of refreshing because I really get to enjoy it when I do it instead of just being like totally obliterated at the end of the season. We're like, I can't wait for the end of it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've learned so much, um, as far as taking things home, um, 
mean, like one of the things is just like, like I mentioned earlier, like doing the spread, like and keeping a long line as an option, because I realize like what's going to happen, like when there's chop and you run that line out to the middle, you're always having a bird bounce. So you're going to pull birds from the middle on the chop. Yeah. With no chop, your spread looks the most natural when you're competing with a hunter every hundred yards that has, you know, the same looking spread with yep. long lines run all over the place. So yours looks like what they're doing, especially in a pressured environment. Right. So I, I've pulled that off from the road. Like, man, that that really, like, put words on something that I observed, but but I didn't have. So I've learned, like I, I learned tons from going other places. Um, as far as, um, I mean, experiences. Yeah, man, I've, I've, I've gotten to hunt places I never would have hunted had I not, you know, been part of the industry, so to speak. Yeah. So Massachusetts, uh, hunting eiders with, uh, Randy Drago was amazing, man. I mean, just completely different environment. It snowed six inches where oh, we're man. on the ocean you know, having eiders dump in on, on decoy rafts that came from a garage in Fuquay Marina, cool. North Carolina. You know, I'm like, what? And, yeah. you know, it really that does almost, connection is it feels unreal. just like almost a snow globe, you know, yeah. like, what? I mean, it, it is, there, there's a romance there in general for everybody, but like, especially for me, like, I look, I'm like, man, like, this is just like, it's beautiful, you know? Yeah. Um, North Dakota was amazing. Um, Georgia. Lake Seminole, uh, going down there to hunt canvasbacks over over the top of you know ten rafts of coots. Um, yeah, that's, I, uh, awesome. that takes that's got to take. I'm sorry, you that's got to take some balls to be like I'm going to put out ten. <laughs> well, the, 10 rafts the of yeah, coots. The, well the guide we were with, yeah, uh, Justin Driscoll with No Limit Waterfowl, man, he yeah ten rafts literally of coots with like three or four different canvasbacks and. That's the birds it. pour in Unreal. and that's what they're doing they do it in north carolina too and so you can go yeah. back and you can look and like yeah man like the widgeon are just dumping in the coots but nobody wants to buy a coot decoy it's, no. it's really not sexy you know no, it's no, really no. like a not a, an anticlimactic buy <laughs> um, <laughs> but you feels know good about it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but that but that's it's beautiful that you can buy something like yeah. So, you know, disgustingly ugly and get the job done. Right. And it, yeah. it turns into a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. And so. that's so that's a really good takeaway too is sometimes just going to a different region to see how they do it. And you're we're talking Georgia here. They're in the the lower end of the Atlantic Flyway. Yeah. So cans are getting blasted mm -hmm. from Canada all the way down. Yep. And they're sucking into coot decoys they're sucking into coots and we're we're overthinking it with well maybe we should adjust this line like three feet <laughs> yeah 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 it's <laughs> oh, awesome yeah so you, you pick up stuff man and it, it really yeah it's every, every fall really it kicks off with game fair yeah and then from from here on it's just travel yeah. um yeah in oregon like i said i was in oregon a couple yeah. weeks ago and uh that was amazing, man. I had I had so many guys coming. They never sent me any pictures, and I know why because they're they're shooting harlequins in uh, you know Puget Sound, man. and they come down and they're sucking in on the decoy. Right? They're like, yeah, I got two of them, but you know, <laughs> if you want to come shoot a shoot a Harley, let me know. I'm like, yeah. dude, I'd love to come up and film it. Well, you can't film it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it can't get out. I, I won't tell you where we're getting them, but <laughs> you know. But yeah, so to see, yeah, the, the raft doing that. But I don't know that until I get up there, right? And then people tell me, just you know, yeah, maybe just disconnected that's on social awesome, media. Yeah. Things, but, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, so I guess we're probably wrapping up on time. Do you have anything that we uh, may have missed in the conversation that you really wanted to share, or anything for the listeners? No, man, I have enjoyed the heck out of this, yeah, though, man. I love, like I said, I, I love. Uh, Anything creative that really takes, um, that, that really starts to see uh, the, the really the goodness of uh, of waterfowl hunting and uh, waterfowl culture, yeah, um, and tries to push that end of it. So, man, I yeah, I've enjoyed this. Yeah, so, well, thanks yeah, for having thank us on, and we'll yeah. uh, we'll make sure in our show notes that we put um, Southern Flyways link to the yeah. decoy raft. Um, Instagram handle is uh, Southern Flyway Outfitters okay. on Instagram and uh, Facebook yeah. too. Uh, Facebook, we're on Facebook. Uh, yeah, Facebook, and then uh, decoyraft.com okay. or southernflywayoutfitters.com. Okay. And uh, yeah, everything's direct, and 
our info's on there. So any yeah. questions, shoot me an email, man. We love to meet people. Yeah, and that so. goes directly to you. And so directly to me or Nathan. Yeah, 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 we get it, and we handle everything. So whether it's talking on the phone or yeah, shooting awesome. email back. So excellent. That's yeah. Well, thanks for having us on. Awesome. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you guys. It was really All nice right. to meet you. It. Yep. Hey Siri, play the latest episode of the Backcountry Dreaming podcast. Okay. Backcountry Dreaming podcast coming up. Go out, and I've always thought that turkey hunting might be one of the best hunts to take somebody out on that maybe has never hunted before or is reintroduced. Oh, it's crazy fun. It's active. Yeah. It's action packed. Hey, Apple users, did you know you can access the Backcountry Dreaming podcast using Siri? You can also find us on Spotify and Stitcher. But no matter where you get your podcasts, remember to subscribe and give us a rating and review. We love your feedback. Contact Outdoors crew would like to send out a sincere thank you to all of our listeners. The Backcountry Dreaming Podcast is brought to you by Contact Outdoors and directed by Brian Holberg. Original music and audio production by Dakota Rankin. Connect with us online. Links to our website, Instagram, and Facebook can be found in the show notes.